On today's Locked on Jayhawks, we're previewing KU's second and final exhibition game taking place in Allen Fieldhouse against Fort Hays State. You are Locked on Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Derek Johnson. You can hear me as well Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. on KLWN in Lawrence with Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Thanks for making Locked on Jayhawks your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get any of your podcasts. You can find us on our YouTube page where you can like and subscribe to the show. And thank you to the everydayers out there tuning into each and every episode here with Locked on Jayhawks. And on today's edition of the show, we're previewing Kansas Fort Hayes State. KU's second and final exhibition game lost on Sunday in the exhibition to Illinois. You can check out that recap on the show. Uh, but now taking on Fort Hayes State, and then the real thing will come next Monday. So we'll get into what to watch, what you can't really learn from this game, preview of the game, players to watch uh, on this episode of the show. First, we're brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets. With any winning $5 money line bet, that's $150. If your team wins, visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. All right. So, uh, obviously, this game going to be a little lighter than the Illinois game in terms of, you know, what you're expecting to see uh, between KU Illinois. This is going to be the first time in front of the Allen Fieldhouse crowd for the Jayhawks, I guess, technically in a game like where you're not playing yourself. You have the late night in the fog where you're scrimmaging yourself, the Puerto Rico. Games were obviously not in front of Allen Fieldhouse, neither was Illinois. So um, kind of a cool moment for some of the newcomers, the, the the young players, and Hunter Dickinson, right? Everybody that you have on the team that's new. And uh, this is more of a game, a true exhibition in terms of, like the Illinois game was more of an exhibition in terms of seeing what you need to work on, what other teams that are good are going to do against you, what you need to do well or better against better teams. This is going to be more of an opportunity, at least it should be, barring things going like you would hope and think they should. But it should be more of an opportunity to get everybody playing time, play deeper into your bench, experiment with more lineups, and give a bit of a longer leash to some of the players that you want to see more from and that you're going to need more from later in the season. That's the beauty of what this game provides that the Illinois exhibition didn't have as much of an opportunity to do. Now, part of this, too, is just working on yourself, right? Like, can Kansas just work on their own sets and their own defensive rotations and some of the things that it doesn't matter who you're going against in terms of just doing what you need to do right? Like, obviously, things should be easier for you against Fort Hay State than they were against Illinois you should be able to impose your will with size. You should be able to impose your will with athleticism, right? Whether it's uh, transition, whether it's rebounding, inside scoring, defense, just going up over someone and scoring. But that doesn't stop you from executing your plays to get open, right? The, the actual sets that you're running, the things that you're doing, it's less to me about did you make a contested shot because you're just bigger than the guy. It's more of did you get open looks in this game? Did you execute some of the things that you're trying to do to where they worked? Because, yes, it's not going to be fully indicative this game of how some of the other games are going to go, uh, like the Champions Classic or the Maui Invitational or conference play. 
But what this game can do is help you refine some of the things that you're just working on internally. And that's what this is kind of about beyond getting to stretch the bench and the rotation a little bit deeper in a game like this. And, you know, furthermore, if you don't get open on plays in this type of game, what does that say about when you're playing tougher competition? It is still early in the year that you could just point to and say, okay, they're still working through some things and it'll be good to get that on tape. But if you don't do it in this game, probably doesn't speak well to doing it early in the season again against like Kentucky in the Champions Classic. As far as the three-point shooting, that was a struggle for KU against Illinois. You go three of 12. So you shoot low in terms of volume. You shoot low in terms of percentage against Illinois. And that was a question we had coming in to the offseason. I think they had one really good game in Puerto Rico in three-point shooting. But the other games left a little bit to be desired. So as far as the three-point shooting in this game, of course you'd like to see them do well. If they go three of 20 or something like that, four of 20, five of 22, whatever it is, it's only going to further the groans. It's only going to further the questions about does this team have enough shooting? But how much better? Here's, here's my alternative to that. Like, would it be great if they shot well from three to make you feel a little bit better? Yeah, I think it would. But also at the same point in time, if they do go 10 of 22 from three, if they're just getting a bunch of open looks because they're using their athleticism and and everything and it's, you know, you're throwing the ball to Hunter Dickinson in the post and he's getting double teamed because their biggest player is six foot 10 and they have six, eight, six, nine, six, 10 or their three weeks. Like if that's causing you to get a wide open three, that maybe that doesn't happen in an actual game and you go 10 of 22 or you go, you know, eight of 20 from three for the game where it's a good number from three are we just going to quickly move on from it and say, well, it was good to see him do that, but let's see him do it against real opponent, right? Uh, let's see him do it against one of your first, you know, conference opponent. Let's see him do it in the champions classic. Let's see him do it right in games that are going to be your high level games. Can you get it done there? Are we easily going to just shrug it off and say, that's the case probably. So honestly, more than anything, I just want to see them taking a bunch of threes, to be completely honest. I'm not saying chuck up 43s just for the sake of doing it, but you only took 12 threes. I don't know if that shows a lack of confidence. I don't know if that shows a lack of having guys that you're going to drop plays for on the outside. I don't know if it shows a little bit of both. I don't know if it was just Illinois taking away the three-point line or, or whatever it was. I want to see them take a good amount of three-point shots. You know, get up 25 in this game. Get up a bunch of looks. Get some practice at it in-game. Show that you can be a confident three-point shooting team. And it'd be great if they shot them on high efficiency too, or at least okay efficiency. But get up a lot of threes to show that can be part of your offense. Now, as far as Fort Hayes State and their scouting report coming in, uh, they went 21-9 last season, made it to the MIAA semifinals, which is uh, one of the best conferences in Division II, if not the best in basketball. Uh, they were picked third in the league's coaches poll this year. They actually got a first place vote too. And they were picked fourth in the league's media poll. They've now won 20 plus games back to back seasons. They had an even better record the year before. And they bring back all three of their all MIAA conference picks from last season. So, like, this is a really good Division II school. And I know I've been saying, like, yeah, this won't be the same competition as. Maui Invitational or Kentucky or, you know, your non-conference games. And that's true. 
maybe because we've seen a lot of D2 teams like beating uh, D1 teams in exhibitions. We just saw it the other night. Uh, Louisville lost uh, to uh, Division II Kentucky school. I've seen some NAIA schools beat some mid-major Division I schools so far. Like something's in the air right now. And I, I think it kind of shows you. Like I saw Jared Solinger, uh, former Ohio State. He was saying he was putting. He saw one of the the D two upsets, and he was putting something out there that said, "Like, trust me, D two players can ball. Um, there are a lot more D two players that actually make it overseas than a lot of D one guys that you might think. So they 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 are really good basketball players and good basketball team. Uh, three all conference players back. Caleb Hamicky averaged over sixteen points per game. He was fifth in the league in assists. Elijah Nanabu averaged over ten points per game. Baj- Darney Johnson put up eight and a half points per game. He was also all defensive team. So they've got a solid team. Also three other returners uh, for letter winners, two players for redshirted. I mentioned the player size, not a ton, but they've got six, eight, six, nine, six, ten, or their three tallest guys. A couple guys who are six, seven as well. Uh, you should be able to have the size advantage with Hunter Dickinson. So they're good. And like I said, there's been some of those D2 over D1 upsets in, in some of these scrimmages and exhibitions. Uh, and the, with the way that they're probably going to want to space and shoot it, if KU doesn't shoot it, which we didn't see against Illinois, maybe it does lead to them starting hot and puts a scare into you in the first five to ten minutes. Um, it's just the KU should still, if, if you are what you expect to be, you should overwhelm them uh, with how big athletic you are. If not, I guess that'd be pretty telling. But if KU takes care of business, then KU should take care of business and win by 15 to 20 plus points in this game. Uh, Let's get to what I'm watching for, what we probably can't learn in this type of setting of an exhibition game against a D2 school and uh, players to watch on this episode of Locked on Jayhawks. We are brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. You can score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. You can get in on the Chiefs against Dolphins bright and early on Sunday. You can get in on KU against Iowa State, slight underdogs right now. Uh, you'll be able to get in on the KU opening uh, season basketball game on following Monday, November 6th against NC Central. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. What I'm watching for, what I don't really think can be learned in this type of setting. Again, Fort Hayes State, good team. We've seen D2 teams that, like, a lot of times the better D2 teams are just as good as some of the, like, solid mid-major teams and or, or can be, like, around that range. So uh, maybe Fort Hayes State is going to be one of those and and will give you a bit of a scare in that regard. But we've seen a lot of these that, you know, KU's won by 20, 30, 40 points. There was uh, one the other year. I forget it was last year or two years ago where um, – they were down through the first, like, I don't know, like eight minute mark or something like that. So you never know what's going to totally happen. But again, KU take care of business. Uh, you're you're going to be able to kind of boat race here. Uh, so what I want to see in this game from KU, I guess, first of all, who starts at the two? We saw Marco Jackson start at the shooting guard spot or the two guard spot, whatever you want to call it, uh, against Illinois. Was that indicative that he has a head up on the race? Was that 
what Bill Zelf, uh, now he's going to give Nick Timberlake a shot to see what that looks like because you go back to the Puerto Rico games when they had Arterio Morris on the roster. Morris got one start, Timberlake got one start, and El Marco got one start among the three games. So is Timberlake going to get this start now just to see what the look is for different guys? Now, Timberlake played like 18 minutes a game. Uh, Marco was was over 26 minutes per game, which maybe shows that, yeah, it wasn't the guys were playing even minutes despite him starting. Maybe that does indicate El Marco certainly is the guy well ahead of him. But, uh, you know, uh, I guess this would be one that should see too. Like Johnny Furphy, is he going to be back? Is he going to be available to play? If so, does he factor in at all? I'd imagine if he is back, I would be shocked if he starts at the two because of the lack of reps and practice due to the injury. But uh, yeah, who starts at the two? Because if it is El Marco for the second straight game, probably makes you feel like, yeah, it's going to be El Marco on opening night. If it's Timberlake, then it's more to the coin flip again of will it be Nick Timberlake? Will it be El Marco Jackson? Um, I want to see a lots of threes shot by KU, whether they go in or not. Preferably, they do go in for for an evaluation perspective. Um, but you you got to see the number be above twelve, especially in this type of game where you should be getting open threes and open looks based on some of the other things you're going to be able to do. And specifically, it would be nice to see KJ Adams and El Marco Jackson hit one. We saw KJ take one against Illinois. He was two for three in Puerto Rico. It'd be great to see if KJ took, you know, two of them and hit one of them. It'd be great to see if El Marco Jackson took two or three of them and hit one of them. Because for both those guys, that's a question about the shooting. With Hunter Dickinson, of course, you'd love to see him make one, but I, I feel like that's going to be okay down the stretch of the season. Uh, same with Dewan Harris. We saw Kevin, the shot looked better against Illinois, so that's good. You want to see Nick Timberlake coming in, firing off the bench with confidence and hitting a couple threes. That would make you feel good. Uh, same with like Jamari McDowell. If, if he's going to work into a role, it's going to be a three and D where he's hitting threes and he's playing good defense. So you want to see that. Maybe you want to see Parker Brown, but specifically you just want to see it overall as a team effort. And yeah, if KJ and or El Marco hit one, that'd be the cherry on top. Uh, you want to see continued development from KJ Adams and Hunter Dickinson. I thought it's looked good so far. You go back to the Puerto Rico games. I thought they played well off each other. KJ really good cutting, knowing when to attack. Uh, even though, you know, you have certain teams that are sagging off KJ. He's done a good job of knowing when to cut and take advantage of that sag to get kind of a running start. And so can he continue to do that and get open looks and be aggressive and be a good passer and do a lot of things you're going to need him to do if you're going to continue to play this way? Uh, I thought he did well against Illinois too. I thought he was one of KU's better players. 13 points, four rebounds, three assists. Um, I was impressed with with how he looked and you know part of it too is Hunter Dickinson how are you playing off of KJ Adams as well and and how is the whole team how is it affecting the spacing you need to continue to see that because I, I think it has been good so far uh but you're going to continue to need to see it kind of rise I want to see the bench do something right you had four bench points last game let's see the bench start doing stuff and in a game where you should be getting more minutes for the bench and a longer leash for some of these bench players and rotation players Let's see somebody go off on the bench. Let's see a couple players play well in, in stretches off the bench to make you feel like they can do it. And let's just see them dominate the game. Just dominate the game. You know, we'll win by 20, 30 points. Make it so it's not something where we're, we're coming in the next day and being like, uh, that didn't look good. Or, you know, they only won by eight points. Or they had to, you know, do this or that to survive. Or this didn't look great. Or they were, you know, two of 22. Just dominate the game. Dominate the game. Now, as far as what I'm not really going to be watching for, I don't really think we can learn. In this type of situation, um, Hunter Dickinson having a super efficient inside scoring game. Um, I've heard from a lot of KU fans that they've been, I don't know, like 
disappointed would be too harsh of a word. They've been, uh, I don't know, it, it hasn't been like like with all the hoopla and hype about Hunter Dickinson coming in, you're you're this potential All American candidate, all this stuff. You're expecting it to hit the ground running and him just to look like, you know, one of the the greatest players in in Bill Self. And maybe it's just because the expectations have been too high. Um, but that it's been a little lackluster from that standpoint. Not that it's been bad, but it's it, it's been a little less refined than you might have thought. I'm not really concerned at all. You're still just kind of working into a new thing. I think Hunter Dickinson's going to have an outstanding season. But um, if he has an efficient scoring game inside in this one, it's like, okay, well, they had 6'8", 6'9", 6'10", right? Like, what, what's, what do you expect? What do you expect, right? Uh, now, if KU dominates glass, kind of more of the same, right? Um, it's more of a takeaway if they don't. And, and that goes for all of these. Like, if KU gets beat on the glass, that's a takeaway because it's like, oh, you have this undersized D2 school that beat you on the glass. That's not good. If Hunter Dickinson has a bad game against Forte State, it's like, oh, that's not good. But if you do dominate the glass, if Hunter Dickinson does have a good game, it's just going to be like, okay, you're way bigger than them. You should. And, and the same with KU transition stats. Like, KU is the more athletic team. You should be able to get out and transition and score some easy baskets, right? Um, same with winning by a lot, like dominating the game. Again, it's more of a, if you don't actually, you know, win the game big, that's more of a takeaway than if you do win the game big. But, you know, overall, like the winning margin, most likely uh, dominating inside, Hunter Dickinson going off, Parker Brown, whoever, inside going off, KU dominating the glass going off, KJ Adams going off scoring wise, because you know, he would be an unbelievable, right? Like just athletically, like should be able to dominate. Um, it's something where we're not going to be able to have resounding takeaways of like, oh yeah, they're dominant at this because they did this. It's like, well, you kind of should in this type of game. All right, we're going to finish up with players to watch and what's next for KU basketball with Locked on Jayhawks. This episode of Locked on Jayhawks is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Finishing things up with players to watch for Locked on Jayhawks here. And then what's next for KU? Uh, first of all, I'm, I'm going to go Kevin McCuller. He had the uh, kind of whiplash injury on the collision, diving for the basketball at the end of the Illinois game. How does he uh, respond from the injury? He's going to need to you know, be durable throughout this season. We've seen him have injuries throughout his career, whether it was last year at KU or his previous time at Texas Tech. And with as much as they're counting on him and they don't have as much depth and a little thinner this year, it's going to be very important. How does he respond to bumps and bruises along the way? But beyond that, Kevin was awesome in that game against Illinois. Uh, rebounded really well, scored really well, shot the ball really well. How, how does he look in an encore? Does he continue uh, wh where he was from the previous game? Johnny Furphy, if he plays. I don't know if he's going to play or not. But hopefully he does because it'd be great to see him on the court for the first time. And if he does because of the lack of reps and the injuries that, that's kept him out here, I'd imagine it'll be for a small role, maybe five-ish minutes a game or, or in the game. 
but you do want to see him in, in real live, you know, action, so to speak here uh, in an exhibition game. Furphy is kind of the mystery man. And with some bench struggles last game, it's like, okay, well maybe Furphy can save it, right? Maybe Furphy can add some more in a lot of different ways. So uh, yeah, whenever he's available, he becomes a player to watch. And then the last one I have here is El Marco Jackson. How much improvement is he going to have from one game to the next? You know, 26 minutes played, only four points, didn't really fill up the stat sheet. There were a couple of those flash moments where you saw the speed and you saw the aggressiveness as he got to the rim. And you were like, okay, if he can do that consistently, he's going to be a problem for defenses. But overall, there were a lot of moments where you didn't really notice him on the court for good or bad that, you know, it was just like, okay, he's just kind of out there. And he's a freshman, right? Like that stuff's going to happen. I think you, you're going to see a lot of improvement. Typically, the light will just go on at some point. Like, it'll just it'll just click for freshmen. It could be two months into the season. It could be coming into the offseason before sophomore year. It could be after the first, second game. You know, there were reports that Grady Dick wasn't having, like, a great offseason with KU and that there were, like, NBA scouts coming in. And, you know, obviously, Bill Self thought he was going to be a two and done. And then the first couple games happened. The Champions Classic happens with Grady Dick. And it was like, okay, the light clicked or the, uh, the, the switch flipped. The something clicked, right? That could easily happen at any moment here with Marco Jackson. Could it be this game? Absolutely, it could. I think Marco is going to be an outstanding player for KU. Will it be this year? Will it be next year? I guess that kind of remains to be seen. I think he will have a big impact on this year's team, and I want to see how much improvement he has, how much more confidence raises up in his second game with more comfortability, especially in his first really home game at Allen Fieldhouse. As far as what's next after this, Real thing, next Monday, November 6th, KU taking on NC Central. Uh, they'll have a game the following Friday against Manhattan and then the Champions Classic the following week. So uh, they're about to get into real stuff here for uh, KU men's basketball. We'll have a recap of whatever happens in the KU Fort Hayes State game on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Jayhawks. We'll get to our KU Iowa State preview coming up on the following episode after that. Make sure you subscribe to our show wherever you get any of your podcasts and or on our YouTube page. Have a great rest of your day. See you next time with Locked on Jayhawks.